Hey, what's up, Stay Tuners? It's your good friend Jimbo here, letting you know that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today and let them know that you heard it from Stay Tuned Sports and you start earning today. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here. Back on Podbean Live again. Back-to-back weeks here. So we're going to give this another shot here. See if we get some interactions with you guys. And how you guys can get on Podbean Live. All you got to do is download their app. Or you can go on the the website themselves. And uh, look up Stay Tuned Sports. And... Or you can follow us on our Twitter, Stay Tuned Sports Podcast. And I always send out a link there. You just click the link and you join the room here. And we just start doing our thing here, talking about sports and everything. But um, before you join and click all that, head over to our, our website, staytunedsports.net, where you can find our Twitter account and our Facebook and YouTube and all the social media outlets, as well as merchandise. Um, there's a merchandise tab. Very close to having some new shirts and possibly hats designed um getting uh you know put on there as well so a lot of uh bonehead nfl plays or yeah i guess you could say plays happened this past weekend as well as ufc 254 went down with habib versus justin gaethje habib surprisingly announcing his retirement we're gonna get into that plus with something that he said and then actually got his wish a couple days later um not sure if i agree or disagree with it i see a lot of people agree with it but we'll get into that but before uh we really get into that give a little update about the the belly up races the four race series that happens uh, Monday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The Stay Tuned Sports guys kicked ass this week, coming in first, second, and third place, as well as seventh place. I didn't get to watch it live. Watched it the next day. That's what I love about iRacing is, uh, you know, me personally with work, I got to get up early, so I can't really stay up. I just rewatch the race the next day and still feel, still feels like I'm watching it live. Um, they were at Dover this past weekend. Brian uh, Mercuro, sorry, Brian, if I keep on messing your name up here, uh, won back-to-back races. One at Dover, one again uh, last week at Atlanta. Dylan Thomas came in second, as well as Kyle Lowry in third. Scott Crump came in seventh. He was running fourth until a little bit of um, drama, I guess you would want to say. Um, and actually it was one of the teammates 
from the team that was right above us in team points. Bumped them a couple times going around corners with about 3-4 laps to go. Finally was able to bump them enough to spin them out. But the, I guess you want to say karma, karma's a bitch. Ended up taking his own teammate out as well and they ended up having the one teammate not be able to finish the race and then the, the car that spun Scott out actually blew his engine when they went green so those two guys went from fifth and sixth all the way to the back of the field but Scott was able to salvage a little bit get back up to seventh place they should be up by a lot of points um, on the second place team going into the last race uh, next week, Monday, like I said, 9.30 at night, they usually do it. And it's going to be at Richmond. I suggest you guys tune in because the fireworks that happened with the second half part of this race, I could see it being a little testy going into the finale, especially with Stay Tuned Sports most likely going to be in first place with points, as well as Brian being um, in first place for the individual points. So, like I said, um, before we get into the NFL and college football talk, past weekend, UFC 254, Habib versus Justin Gaethje. Uh, Habib won by triangle choke. And, you know... I saw the video of it too, and the ref, I don't know what his deal was. I mean, you saw Justin tap two or three times, and ref didn't do anything. Um, I don't know how true this story is, but DC the next day did say he talked to Habib afterwards and said the armbar was right there. He wanted to finish him with the armbar, but realized his parents were in attendance and didn't want to hurt their son in front of them so I just figure because he, he Habib remembers hearing Justin say he's not going to tap out if you put me in an arm bar or anything like that so he didn't want to hurt him don't know if that's true or not if it is even though I don't like him um, kudos to you much respect for that but the big story was right after the fight during the interview Habib announced his retirement 29-0 promised his mother that this would be his last fight because let's not forget his father passed away uh, a few months ago due to COVID um, complications and his father was basically his mentor, his trainer, his everything, and, you know, his father you know, not, just, not even just MMA um, coaching stuff, you know but the thing that got to me was during his speech, he said he he felt he deserved to be number one on the pound for pound list, which at the time John Jones was number one, Habib was two or three, and then you know down the line. Well, UFC and Dana White came out the next day, bumped John Jones out of the number one spot, put him at number two, and moved Habib to the number one pound for pound fighter in the UFC and I do not agree with this whatsoever I don't know if this is a ploy by UFC to 
get John riled up to maybe fight Adonise because Stiepe and Francis aren't going to fight till at least March of next year because Stiepe has some type of injury he has to get fixed. Um, now, they bumped John Jones out, I believe, on Monday. Yesterday, Tuesday, he released a video, John Jones released a video stating his case that basically it's a bunch of bullshit. Habib has defended his title three times compared to John Jones. Now, John said 15, but I'll get into what I'm comparing it as. And, you know, when I was looking into it, you look at the fighters John has fought over the past 10 years compared to Habib. Now, John said he defended the title 15 times. I'm only counting, I think it was like 10 or 11 times I saw. Um, he defended his belt 11 times in my mind because I'm not counting the times that he was stripped because of the drugs or the testing positive for PEDs or all that, all that stuff that he kept getting himself into. But look at the, the people he defended against. I mean, he fought guys like Rampage Jackson, Shogun Rua, um, Dominic Reyes, who a lot of us felt won that fight. Um, Alexander Gustafsson, probably still one of his toughest, if not the toughest, fight he had in his career. And he has one loss on his record because of a DQ with Matt Hamill. We all remember that, the whole... You know, 12 to 6, 6 to 12, whatever they call them, elbows. I mean, he was dominating Matt Hamill, so I mean, even though he has the one loss, he's, in a way, undefeated. But you look at Habib, who he fought, he really hasn't started fighting top competition until recently, the past couple years. You know, um, Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor. But before them, and you know, you had like Michael Johnson, who's a good fighter. I'm not saying he's not a good fighter, but he's not an elite fighter. You know, you look at John Jones, I count possibly seven Hall of Fame fighters. Habib, three maybe, and that's his past three fights: Gaethje, Connor, and uh, Poirier. But even even with Connor, he yeah, he will be in the Hall of Fame. Just because of the name he made for himself. But his legacy he's kind of started to take a hit now too. Because when when was the last time he actually had a legit win? You know, Cowboy Cerrone is older. Was on a two or three fight losing streak. So Connor's beating guys that really should be only fighting top ten guys. Not top three four guys. So for UFC to turn around and make Habib the number one pound-for-pound fighter, I think is bullshit. And you know, any of you fan, you know, you fans out there think that I'm a John Jones fans, just listen. Go back, listen to some of the podcasts. I am far from a John Jones fan. I said for a while his last time that he got in trouble with the drugs or, or whichever incident it was because he had so many of them I thought UFC should have cut him and banned him right then and there but 
he was making UFC money, still is. And let's face it, money makes the world turn, so UFC kept him around. Do I think Khabib should be the number two guy? Well, yes. I mean, 29-0. And the other thing, too, about the record was Habib's 13-0 UFC. Yes, he's 29-0 in his career. He's 13-0 in UFC. John Jones is 15, 18-0 in UFC. So he has more wins. He's defended the title more times. So I really honestly think John Jones should be the number one pound for pound fighter in the UFC. And this also just proves how silly and stupid these rankings are that the UFC put out there every week or every month, however often they change them. Because, you know, we saw Yoel Romero get a title shot after a loss. Jose Aldo, like, so what's the point of having rankings if you're not really gonna live by them in a way? So, speaking of rankings, college football rankings came out this past week. Now, I really haven't talked about the rankings too, too much um, since college football started, just because some teams started late, and I also always felt you really shouldn't talk about rankings until week four, week five of the season, because then you see who are the pretenders and who are the contenders. There's a couple surprises. Sorry, I had to take a little drink there. My body armor. I love that stuff. Um, Ohio State jumped over Notre Dame to number three. Notre Dame fell to number four after finally an oppressive win Grant, I know it's Pittsburgh, but that game against Louisville really had me worried about the team. Um, obviously, Clemson and Alabama stayed number one. And when I was reading the ESPN article about why Ohio State jumped up so much, was obviously Ohio State started late, a little bit later than the other teams. But before they first announced that the Big Ten wasn't going to play, they were the number two ranked preseason team in the nation. Once the Big Ten came out and said, we're not playing this year, um, we're taking this year off, all the voters took all the Big Ten teams out of the rankings, made, made them ineligible. When Big Ten turned around and said, you know, we're going to play this year, the voters said, well, let's let's see a couple games before we really rank them. Well, they got their couple games in, and now they're they're up there. And I this is what I was afraid of. I've been saying this for weeks now, that these teams that are coming back late should not be eligible for the playoffs because you're going to have... Ohio State 8 and 0 and Notre Dame say 12 and 0. And because it's Ohio State, we got to put them in. That that's not right. Cuz if they were to play four other games, they had a potential to have an upset or have just get a loss, which then would knock them down and put Notre Dame above them. So I really hope that they figure this all out. I know we still have weeks. 
you know, lots of games left to play. Um, and hopefully they can figure this out because I just do not agree with these teams being eligible for the playoffs. You decide to not play. And then when the pressure got put on you, you said, well, you know what? Let's change it. Oh, yeah, let's, let's go back. It's not right. Now, for all you Penn State fans out there, too, you guys know I, I don't like Penn State, Notre Dame fan, but I will say that controversial call that went for Indiana that helped make the upset happen, that was tough. My personal feeling, I, I think he was not across in time. I think that ball did hit the out-of-bounds before it crossed the line. It was very close. So, I mean, it was one of those inconclusive type situations. But talk about a big loss. By losing to Indiana, they slipped 10 spots down to number 18. Losing to Indiana for just the second time in 24 meetings since joining the Big Ten. This right here, I mean, they got Ohio State this week. And if they play like they did against Indiana, Ohio State is going to rail ride them. They're, they're just, it's going to be a train wreck. This game's going to be over 10 minutes into their first quarter. But Penn State, you know, the old adage, maybe they'll come out playing pissed off and may surprise people. I'm not holding my breath on it. I kind of, in a way, hope Penn State beats Ohio State. Just so this whole, oh, the, you know, they got put into number three spot over Notre Dame. Kind of like a karma type thing. But as far as Indiana, though, they move into the top 25. Um, I think they they moved up to, I think it was like 17th on the, on the list, which was the second time in a couple years that they got put up there. This week, Notre Dame has Georgia Tech. They should win. I think they're favored by 20. Um, that game's at 3.30, so I'll be tuning in for that one, too. But I, I love our running backs. I, I think we have a, a good, good running team. If Ian Book could just play how he played this past weekend and just keep that momentum going, we should be all right. We should be close enough to the playoffs that you know, maybe one of those teams could take a, a loss and get knocked out. And if they keep playing like how they play against Pittsburgh. Now, I know Pittsburgh's not Clemson. We do have Clemson on our list, our schedule. So that's going to be, that game right there is going to be our season. So, still have a couple weeks before that so they could iron out any other issues they may have. So a little NFL talk. Talk about a lot of dumb plays that happened this past weekend. Dumb plays and just coaches being dumb. There was three play three things, you know, stories that popped up that I, I want to decide which one is the dumbest of them all. And I may put a poll out there tonight before you guys get to listen to this episode just to see what you guys think. So the first play that happened was John Bostic from the Redskins hit on Andy Dalton last week. The dude broke two rules in one play. 
So what happened was Andy Dalton, I'm sure everybody has seen this by now, but just in case you haven't, Andy Dalton was running for first down, whatever, getting yards, slid and gave himself up. It was obvious he slid and gave himself up. John Bossett comes flying in, hits him in the head with the shoulder slash helmet, knocking Andy Dalton's helmet flying across the field and giving him a concussion. One, you know the rule that when you see a quarterback sliding feet first, you are not allowed to touch the quarterback. He gave himself up. The play is over. And you go do that. Ended up getting ejected from the game. Not going to be suspended. But, you know, obviously he's going to have to be fined. But how can you not suspend someone like this? You you were suspending Vontae Burfset left and right for stuff like this. And this guy... No, free pass. I don't want to hear anything about... Oh, well, he doesn't have a, a, a history of suspensions or dirty play. No. If you're truly trying to protect these players, that play right there is a automatic suspension. They should make a rule that if you get ejected from a game, whether it's fighting, personal fouls, whatever... You're automatically suspended one game. You think about college football with targeting. If you get caught targeting and are ejected from that game, if you're ejected the second half of, the, of, of that game, you have to sit out the first half of the next game. That's the rule. That rule needs to be put in place in the NFL. I'm not trying to say, you know, everybody you know, has to be pansies now and you know it's flag football if we don't have good players the product's gonna suck and John Bostic just alone made the Dallas Eagles game this Sunday night from possibly a decent game to it's gonna be another shit show cause you have the Eagles defensive line who I believe still is leading the league in sacks Going up against a rookie quarterback. I don't care how many weapons you have. If you cannot protect a quarterback, especially a rookie, there's going to be turnovers. There's, there's gonna, it's going to be bad. Speaking of Dallas still, I wish I had the clip. I, I didn't have time to find it, but Mike Nolan, during his... I think it was Monday. His news conference had to step away for a second or two because he ended up getting Tabasco sauce in his eye. Now I watched the video and he's answering a question about DeMarco Lawrence about um, you know is he being as effective as a pass rusher this year you know and he started rubbing his eye he's like well you know and he's like oh oh geez oh geez I got something in my eye they had to cut the, the news conference, you know, put it on pause, I should say. So he could go clean his eye out, came back, and said, I forgot what the question was. Can someone remind me what it was? And then never answered that question because no one could remember what the question was. How stupid do you have to be to know, to not know you have Tabasco sauce on your fingers? Like, once you get done eating, don't you go wash your hands? 
And if you didn't go wash your hands, you knew you were eating buffalo wings or something, whatever it was that you had hot sauce on your fingers. How stupid are you? And then the last play, the poor, poor, poor Atlanta Falcons. Todd Gurley is probably the first ever and only player ever to score a losing touchdown. Falcons were driving at the very, very end of the game against the Detroit Lions. They were on a 10-yard line, just trying to run out the clock to kick the field goal and end the game to win the game. Todd Gurley busts up the middle, got to about the four-yard line, and couldn't stop his momentum rolling into the end zone, leaving enough time on the clock for Matthew Stafford to march right down the field and score the game-winning touchdown. This is this this whole Atlanta Falcons team is just a disaster. Ever since they lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, this is the third fourth quarter lead they've given up in six losses this year. At what point, like, does Arthur Blank just start smashing his head off the, off the wall? You fired Dan Quinn because you thought he was the problem. Now you have players that. No, they're not supposed to go in the end zone. And then end up doing it anyways. And here's my other question too is you're on the 10 just trying to run out the clock to kick a field goal. Why not just quarterback sneak it or kneel it? I mean, do you, if your kicker if you think your kicker is going to miss a field goal because of a 5-yard difference of where the ball spotted. There's a problem with your kicker. I mean, ten. You know, if you knelt down on the 10 yard line to run out that clock, you're looking at a 27 yard field goal. If he can't make that, you got an issue with your kicker. So I think out of these three morons, these three stories, I really have to think Mike Nolan is the worst because Falcons, I'm sorry, we're used to you guys giving up leads. John Bostic, dirty play. And you know, a little side note, I'll give Ron Rivera credit. He did go over to Mike McCarthy after the game and apologize for the hit and said that they they are not like that. But Mike Nolan, come on, dude. You got to know you had Tabasco sauce on your finger when you are getting a press conference rubbing your eye. So, haven't done it in a while, but Mike Nolan. You know I go that stupid, are you? Are you? So before we go, I'd like to give our weekly blue picks. Fourth and five. Jones steps up, takes off, he's in! Touchdown! Third down and three. Jackson has all day. Looking deep for Hollywood Brown again. He's got it. Brown off to the races. And he stays on his feet. Touchdown. And here is your blue picks of the week. Brought to you by Skunk Duck Studios. The best ducking designs on the web. That's right. We are back again with another round of weekly blue picks. Even though... Last week was another disaster, I believe. 
this week, I, I, I feel confident this week with my picks. So to, to recap, blue picks are our blowout, lock, and upset picks. Blowout picks are a team that gets blown out by nine points. Lock picks, obviously lock. Upset is when the underdog is an underdog by five points or more. So this week, the blowout pick, I could have picked the Chiefs over the Jets. I mean, that's the obvious easy one. Chiefs are, I think, our favorite like, by 14 points. Jets are just unloading players left and right, tanking for Lawrence, even though he kind of made a comment this uh, week that he was thinking about entering the draft, but he's going to see how the season plays out, a.k.a. I'm not playing for the Jets. But this week, I'm going with the Packers over the Vikings. Packers are favored by 6.5 as of right now. Vikings just seem to be packing it in. You know, only have one win on, on the season. Last week, Aaron Rodgers and, and Devontae Adams just lighting it up. I think Rodgers is playing well again. I think it's going to be a, 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 a tough time for the Vikings to try to keep up with Rodgers and especially Adams. As far as my lock, go with Philly over Dallas. Philly's favored by 7.5. Like I said, Rookie quarterback, defensive line, our defensive line, leading the league in sacks. I think it's just going to wreak havoc in the backfield there. We're starting to get some players back. Sound like Jalen Rager and Dallas Goodhart may be playing Sunday night. Uh, they were practicing so far. We're getting, starting to get some healthy players back. All I ask, Doug, is please do not put Jason Pierce at left tackle. The left tackle that we got there now, because I don't want to say his, I don't want to ruin his name, um, is playing very well, the rugby player. So I, I think offensively we're going to be putting up points on them. It's just a matter of how many points are we going to be putting up. Then as far as my upset, I got the Bears over the Saints. I know, I know, it's surprising because Nick Foles isn't playing as well as we all thought he could. There's you know rumblings of when is it time to put Trubisky back in there? But Bears are underdog by four. I know I said five. Saints seem like they're very up and down. They start off slow. Sometimes they come on. Maybe the Bears could catch them enough and get up by enough points to hold them off before they come on, you know, late in the game. Michael Thomas. Sounds like there's a lot of drama still going on there. How much of that drama is going to affect the Saints' locker room? So, I got the Packers for the blowout, Philly for the lock, and Bears with the upset over the Saints. So, I think that's going to be it for us this week. Um, I know it's UFC fight uh, Saturday night. Not sure because of Halloween, taking the boys out Halloween, trick-or-treating. So, make sure all your kids are safe and everything this, this weekend. Make sure you head over to staytunesports.net. All our social media is over there on the right-hand side of the website as well as our merchandise tab. And then tune in Monday night on YouTube, Belly Up Sports, for the Belly Up, uh, Belly Up Sports Race Series finale. Root on Stay Tuned Sports. Let's bring the championship home. It's your good friend Jimbo, signing out.